0: WQHT and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. 97.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. And welcome to the special emergency live episode of Street Soldiers on the gun violence epidemic in America. Here at Hot 97, we've been getting so many calls and messages, texts, all kinds of comments about this issue that our program director, Pio Farrow, gave us the green light for the special show. So what we're going to do is we're going to be taking your telephone calls on our hotline at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. I'm going to be reading your comments on my social media at Lisa Evers on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you can't remember that, you can also go to Street Soldiers on Twitter and Instagram. Now, first of all, I want to say our thoughts, prayers, and condolences go out to those who've lost loved ones to gun violence at any time. And our hearts go out to the survivors who are coping not just with physical pain, but also with the psychological trauma, the PTSD that can last a lifetime. And all these kids that witness these times. Types of things that are happening in our communities, that leaves a scar on them and has a, tr- a tremendous impact. Well, we've been seeing last couple of weeks, especially a lot of the politicians on the national stage, hotly debating who to blame. Millions of Americans, just reg- regular everyday people like us feel numb. The tragedies like El Paso and Dayton, are becoming a terrible new normal. And a lot of people are beginning to feel, and I keep hearing this again, like, well, Lisa, it's never going to change. That's why we wanted to do this show, this special live episode today, taking your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797. Now, the facts are about a 100 people die from gun violence every day in this country. And we have a generation of kids who are now preteens and teens. Think about this, especially those of you who are parents, who've been around for for a while, grown adults. We have a whole generation of kids whose idea of school involves the idea of a gunman coming into their school and possibly shooting it up. So their own safety, their idea of safety had been shaped by the Sandy Hook massacre in 2012 and other school shootings. And then, of course, the one we saw in Parkland in 2018 in Florida. So far this year, we have had an estimated 250 mass shootings, and that's defined as three or more people shot in a single incident. Now you know in our urban areas we become unfortunately accustomed to gun violence. Luckily here in New York City the uh, murder rate has dropped significantly but the police are still very very concerned about the shootings that are going on in certain communities where it is still an everyday fact of life. From the gun violence we see on our streets, our parks, and our playgrounds to these hate-filled mass shootings by white supremacists, more and more voices are calling for action. But what should that be? What can be done. What do you think needs to be done about the go- the gun violence epidemic? Do you think it can ever be cured? I have to believe it can, because otherwise, what's the point? We've changed so many things in our world for the better, and I think this is something that we have to finally come to grips with. Or is it just going to be the same old, same old, and people are just going to be like, well, you know, whatever. Give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Lisa Evers with you here live on Hot 97 Street
0: WQHT and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97.
1: Welcome back. I'm Lisa Evers, your host for Street Soldiers. This is a special emergency episode. We're live for the next two hours, taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And also, I'll be reading your social media comments as well. And give us a call and let us know what you think. Do you think this gun violence epidemic can be cured? Do you think we can get to the point in the United States, in our communities and also in, uh, you know, Everywhere around the world, but especially here in our communities in the United States, where people no longer have to worry about gun violence. Give us a call right now. 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Joining me now, a special guest. His name is James Nolan. His brother was shot and killed in his early 20s and he was had just been signed as a prospect for a Major League Baseball team. Family fought for justice, saw justice with the case, and now his brother James is fighting for the lives of a lot of our young people and really trying to do positive things in the community. James, thanks so much for joining us.
2: Uh, Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: We really appreciate it. I'm hoping you can give us an idea of of what it's like for a family. You're very close-knit. You come from a very close-knit family. What it was like for you guys when you found out you know, your brother was killed.
2: Uh honestly it's it's a nightmare that never ends. It's a pain that never goes away. It, you just learn to live with it, unfortunately. You learn to manage it. And uh it's something that will stay with me for the rest of my life. You know, it has long term effects, especially on your parents. You know, my mother constantly to this day goes through a lot. It's uh, you know, it's a depression, to fight. You know, my father and the same thing, but you know what you gotta try and do what you can to stay together and just keep fighting.
1: The um in, in terms of the circumstances, the reason that you you wanted your brother's memory to stay because he was 24, 23, or twenty three. He was twenty three when he was killed, and that was two, thousand and fifteen, right? Yes. So you wanted his memory to stay alive but you also wanted to get out an anti-gun message tell us about that what you're doing with that
2: yes uh, i i created a scholarship fund in his memory to provide uh scholarships to kids in yonkers uh the michael Nola scholarship fund but then also i didn't want that to be just a part of his legacy i wanted more i wanted more i wanted more change this fight that i've taken on is a part of his legacy um we are fighting not only from gun control standpoint to make it harder for people to get guns, but also the illegal guns. The illegal guns are a big issue in this country. If you take a look at the statistics, every day in this country there's a mass shooting. If you count all the shootings and death in every state, and it's a constant problem.
1: Right, and then you look at the statistics as we've seen recently. They say, because they define a mass shooting as three or more people shot, yes. not not. All killed, thank God, but yeah. shot, and we've had over 250 so far this year. So that's that's a lot of gun violence every single day.
2: Yes, actually, uh, the Post reported the other day that within the first seven months of this uh, year, we have a five percent increase of shootings, and it's on the rise. If you take a look at Chicago, it's even worse. You know, they've had over 300 shootings. Last From Friday to uh, Sunday last week, they had over 50 people shot in one weekend.
1: What do you say, though? S- some people say, well, you know what? The shootings that happened on the streets, the type of violence that took your brother's life, is very different from these white supremacist killers or these hate-motivated killers that are going in and shooting groups just, you know, on mass in these in these mass shootings. But then other people say, you know what? A shooting is a shooting. A death is a death. Bullets don't have a name on them. And they should all be treated equally. What's your take on And a lot of these mass shooters have been using legally purchased assault rifles. That's what's a, what's so crazy to me. What do you think about that?
2: Exactly. Um, bullets don't have names on them. There's no difference between uh, an AR-15 shooting somebody and an illegal gun shooting somebody. A shooting is a shooting. No matter what side it's coming from or if it's uh, in the wrong, hand, what hands it's in, it, there's no other label, but it's a shooting. You know, like it, The pain isn't any different just because it's a, it's a mass shooting or it's an illegal shooting. A shooting is a shooting. And there has to be more steps that are taken to prevent from legal guns and illegal guns being put into the hands of the people that shouldn't have them.
1: But what do you think can
2: be done? Oh, there's a lot of things that can be done. There could be stricter laws. We have a lot of politicians that have been in office for the last 20, 30 years. They're outdated. They're not thinking to this day day and time. Um, That can push the issue more. New York actually passed a law not too long ago called the Red Flag Law. uh, That gives the the police the rights to go in if they find out that someone has a a gun and is at harm to themselves or anybody else. So these are laws that need to be pushed on. But then you have judges that are very lenient. They're very laid back. They feel that, you know what, this is a phase; they're going to grow out of it. But then you have a new generation of people that just don't have respect for anybody anymore. There's a lot of people that, that oh, my, true. my credibility on the street is it's more worth than, you know, the actual pain that now I'm going to cause somebody else, but my own family. You know, they, they just see that, oh, I'm going to shoot somebody, that's it. No, there's a long-term effect. Your family is also hurting as well because they see what you did, you know. So there's a lot of things that could be done it's just a matter of working together and that's a lot of, that's the issue a lot of people don't want to work together anymore is it to respect boundary
1: and it's a whole thing. What do you think about and we're going to get to the phone calls in in just a moment. 800-223-9797 Charles Mike Mark Eugene. Everybody I see you uh you, you calling in. We're going to get to the calls in just a second. But let me ask you two two of the big things that have been under discussion these background checks mm-hmm. because right now I mean you have to go through quite a bit to buy a car legally, yes. you know, to buy a car, to be to get your license and all this type of stuff, but with guns it's not it's not the same thing. Do you do you think a, a national background check Uh, Would be a good thing. Would would help some of this? Definitely,
2: definitely, it would be a a big help. There should be more in debt. If you think about it, like we go into such big, you know, background checks for a mortgage and things like that. Right? Why why is it so easy to get a gun at times? You know, like honestly, there should be like a mental like a a database for people that have mental illnesses. Right. We have one for sex you know, offenders. Why not have one for mental illnesses? It comes up right away. If you have a mental illness, then no, this person can't get a gun. Or more into debt, into a background. Like these are issues that we need to update. We need to come together and, you know, eventually, like, okay, you know what we got to do, we got to do. And there should. And be- have
1: a, compreh- a comprehensive plan because exactly. it seems like all these things like this state has that law, that state there's, has another law. There's
2: no set guidelines from one state to the other. Like no, you- some places
1: you can be 18 years old and go buy an assault exactly. rifle legally
2: like exactly. we saw in Florida. Like if you go to Pennsylvania, two people go to Pennsylvania, one buys a gun from a gun show, one buys a set of fireworks. Coming back, you get pulled over. Do you know that the person with the fireworks will get in more trouble from the person that actually has the gun coming back? You're kidding. It's, it's, it's outrageous. This shouldn't be happening anymore. We need, you know, stricter gun laws and stricter gun, you know, background checks.
1: It needs to be the same. And do you, do you support it being the same for the for every state?
2: For every state, all across the country.
1: Because otherwise you can do like what people are doing is drive exactly. to Pennsylvania or drive down south.
2: A lot of the illegal guns actually are coming from down south. They're coming from down south and that's a problem because if you have a gun that comes from down south it 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 should have a, a history to it right it should have a name to the person that's responsible for it right and it shouldn't be falling into the hands of people that don't deserve it,
1: and we're and we're going to talk about this uh, this whole thing of commu- community guns too that we see in a lot of the, the neighborhoods too, where oh, there's definitely. just these guns that get passed around. Let's take um, can you James? Can you stay with us? We're going to take some uh, we'll ta- one let's one take is. some phone calls too. Okay, our special guest in studio, James Nolan, he's um. An activist, an illegal gun activist, his brother Michael, was shot and killed. He was a Major League Baseball prospect who had been signed with the Oakland A's. And he's fighting to uh, change the gun laws. I'm going to get to the telephones right now. 1-800-223-9797. stacks. can you help me with this so I know... Okay, we've got this new great new phone system here. All right. Hey, Charles, you're on the air. Hey,
3: how you doing? All right, uh, how are you? I don't mean to be the... Um... the the, the devil's advocate. However, I'm a firm believer in guns, and in a lot of these shootings that have happened, if there was one good civilian, one good person with a gun, not many, just one, would it have been a different outcome? You know, the the actual background checks, at least in most states, do include uh, your criminal background and everything except for mental health. So what James is saying as far as the mental health aspect of a background check it will probably help a lot because most of these people are mentally ill okay but some
1: but people, people are to- everyone okay so so charles charles J- james charles is basically talking about um saying that a lot of the a lot of the shooters have mental illness there's people that challenge that too and let me just say too as well the statistics on people charles thank you so so much for your call we appreciate it a lot of the um people that have been you know, people who have mental illness, the vast majority of them, do not have any uh, violent tendencies, don't have any type of uh, problem in that kind of area.
3: There's always a sign, and there always has been, whether it's been in school, college, somewhere in their life, they've had background issues. This country has failed as far as mental health. we I- country... I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. We're the only civilized country that does not have centralized health care, let alone mental health care. All right, good point. Let me get get
1: a reaction from that. Um, Charles, thank you so much for the call. And one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven phone lines are heating up here, but you can still get in, and you can give me your comments at at Lisa Evers. That's L I S A E V E R S on Instagram, and uh, we'll be taking your call, your comments as well. He's talking about mental health, and there's always privacy issues, and I want to make the point because we've we've done I've done a number of stories about uh, you know the mental health programs, um, and and issues that have affected our city here in New York. And uh, n- about 90 percent, the professionals, the mental health professionals say about 90 percent of the people suffering from mental illness are not violent. And they resent this idea that everybody that picks up a gun, obviously, they're going to have some kind of issue because that's not a normal thing to want to pick up a gun and go out and, and, and kill people or shoot people. But that it's, uh you know, that they're being stigmatized and that it would violate people's privacy. But you feel that, that that's something we should know
2: about. It should. Uh, you know, it's. It shouldn't be a privacy issue when uh, this constantly happens over and over and over, you know, shouldn't be a privacy issue when there's people, just innocent people going, living their lives and that are instantly taken. Yeah, everybody has rights. But like I said, we're living in a new day, new age that, you know what, if you have a mental illness, yeah, nine, you know. Not all people with mental illness are going to harm somebody. But you're not only a risk to somebody else, but you're a risk to yourself.
1: And there's been plenty of red flags with a lot of these cases. Let's try to squeeze in one more call here before the break. Let's go to uh, Mark. Mark, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
4: Good morning, Ms. Howard.
1: Fine, thank you. How are you?
4: Ah, uh, boy, we're talking about issues like these are always hard. But one thing I can lead off with is that you have to take, well, a good suggestion would be to push legislation to stop most of these pop-up gun shows and most of these counties where it's accessible to go get a gun because you can sit here and talk about mental illness, which is hard to spot in certain States, not like here, where we're all on top of each other and we can see mental illness from miles away. Most of these States, you wouldn't see mental illness because you are only seeing this person one time and they seem happy, they're good hiders, they can hide their mental illness and walk in with a very good demeanor, buy a gun, no mm-hmm. one's gonna question it. Until something sets them off, there's always going to be that one trigger that would set them off as far as mental illness goes.
1: So but sometimes you have, to put
4: more pre- you have to put more pressure on legislation, you have to put more pressure on the politicians for them to stop pop-up gun shows because you can do all the backgrounds in the world But you won't be able to spot mental illness. I mean, it's easier said than done.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for your call. We appreciate it. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, a special two-hour live emergency episode on the gun violence epidemic in our communities, whether it's gun violence that we see happening on the streets, whether it's these mass shootings, what's behind it, what can be done. Give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. Also taking your calls or your comments on Instagram with me in studio, James Nolan. His brother Michael was shot and killed in 2015. He's fighting to change. The gun laws, so that it doesn't happen to any other families. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back.
0: WQHT and WQHT HD One New York. This is Hot ninety seven Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Havers on Hot ninety seven.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers, and uh, we are doing a special two-hour live emergency Street Soldiers episode, part of our Push for Peace, which we started in 2011 in Newark with then-Mayor Cory Booker um, to address the gang violence that was happening in Newark since then. We've been in Harlem, we've been in the Bronx, we've been in Brooklyn, uh, Newark a couple of times, And just talking and opening up the forum, and that's what we're doing right now, is creating a forum for you to express your concerns, express your opinions. You can give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. And do you feel frustrated? Do you feel like this gun violence continues, whether it's on our streets and our playgrounds? or whether it's these mass shootings that we see happening. Does it even matter who's pulling the trigger and why? Because once that person is gone, that family is devastated, that community is traumatized. And uh, what really is justice? What really happens? So the question for you is, what do you think can be done? Do you think that we can solve this problem? Um, do you think that America is becoming numb now to gun violence because we've seen so many of these mass shootings taking place and we've seen it happen so often in our communities in New York City? Just to give us some context, the murder rate is way, way down from what it was in the 90s or even in the early 2000s. and uh, But there's still... Communities that are scarred by shootings almost every single day, so with me in studio is james nolan his his brother Michael Nolan um, was shot and killed at the age of twenty three in two thousand and fifteen. He was a major league baseball prospect, and James has now devoted his life and his brother 's memory to fighting gun violence to educating people about it, uh, to running a scholarship fund in his brother 's name, and to try to get the laws changed so that it 's tougher for people to get the guns in their hands. So let's go to the phones. Uh, Let's let's go to the phones, James, and um, see what people are saying here. Let me go to uh, Kayla right now. Kayla, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
5: Hi, yeah. I just wanted to say that, you know, I don't think changing the gun laws is going to do much. It's so easy to illegally get a gun these days. And, like, if, if you think England, they don't even use guns. Even the police don't use guns. I think when America stops relying on guns, the gun violence will stop.
1: All right, excellent point. Thank you so much, Kayla. We, we appreciate the call. Let's go to, uh, let's go to Mike right now. Mike, hi. You're on Hot 97 Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers and James Nolan. Go right ahead. Good morning. Good morning. Good
6: morning. I just wanted to say, um, due to you working on the Fox Network, being part of Fox Family, I want to know your thoughts on the Fox News reporter who denounced white supremacy.
1: Okay Mike Mike hold on one second first first of all I work for Channel 5 which is Fox 5 New York and right. the the thing is I have said I can't speak for other people what I can say is that for myself from everything that I've been able to tell, from all the research and the stories that I've done, which um, you can see some of them posted on Twitter and also the Fox 5 NY uh, website, it's it's very clear that these white supremacist hate groups are a real problem in terms of the mass shooting violence, and there's no denying them. They're, the activity has been well documented by the... Um, Anti-Defamation League, also by the Southern Poverty Law Center, which has been documenting hate crimes and white supremacist hate violence going back to the '60s in the South during the uh, the, the the darkest days of the Civil Rights Movement. So, um, I'm not going to comment on anybody else, but I'm just telling you what my opinion is and what the facts are that I've been able to to determine them. Let's go to uh, Rich right now. Rich, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
7: Hey, thank you. Yes, I, I think it's a great conversation. I just wanted to point out that I don't. I just. I agree with the fact that, of course, I do believe that there should be mental health screenings for obtaining a gun. I think that we we need to give away partial some of our rights yeah, as a society to protect our society. But I also just wanted to comment on the fact that I don't necessarily agree with the fact that you know targeting guns per se is going to actually decrease violence in our society because I really do feel that. If an individual is mentally disabled or has a mental handicap in any in any capacity, I think that there's other mediums that they can use to target harm and I mean, it may even be more harmful such as using a vehicle or other things to harm people in our society. I just feel that this you know, in targeting guns per se in our society does maybe restrict, you know, our rights for you know for good citizens to carry guns. So Rich so, 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 so
1: Rich so Rich, let me just make sure I understand what you're saying. So you're saying that getting rid of the guns is not going to get rid of the violence, is that what you're saying?
7: Yeah, but I don't think that, you know, the overall violence, uh, violence numbers in our society in the United States is going to decrease as a result of getting away. All guns. right, let,
1: let me let me get a response from James and see what he has to say about that. James, what do you think about that?
2: Well, People by the number statistically, guns are not the number one killer in the country. So it's the intent of the person. So he, he's right on some point that, you know what, it's the intent and we got to try and limit the person that, you know, can carry out these acts. You know, it's been proven in the past that car attacks and slashings and bombings, you know, they also, it's just is deadly, but you want to go... But a gun is
1: very easy for, oh, it's, it's, it's just so super definitely. easy for people to get. When you can just go into a store and buy it the way you buy a soda... Yeah.
2: It it, it, sh- it shouldn't happen. It just shouldn't not be that easy, you know. When you, you shouldn't. Nobody's Second Amendment right or any type of right should be taken away from them. But we're living in a different age now,
5: right? So we exactly.
2: Need to update our laws and our backgrounds to the point that we're living in that age, not thirty years not ago. Not
1: back in the day or two hundred years exactly. ago when it was a single shot musket and yeah. not what we have today. Let's go to Eugene right now, Eugene. Hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Thanks for calling
8: in. Thanks for having me. Good morning. Um, I'm from Syracuse, New York. I work for a company called the Youth Good Life Youth Foundation. Basically what we do is I go into the prisons, the youth prisons, um, McCormick, Finger Lakes, um, things of that nature. We go in there. I I teach a class on reintegration in society. I've done 10 years. My whole neighborhood was taken away um, for the RICO law so a bunch of us just got out i've lost 10 guys to a murder from my neighborhood not just people from syracuse people from my actual neighborhood as you know syracuse is a small town um i agree with everything he's saying i agree with a lot of different things that people are saying but the frustrations i'm having with the program is because i'm the same person that these kids are that the youth are and that's what i'm speaking on i'm speaking on the youth and the community I was the same kid that these people are, that these kids are. So the problems that the kids are having, it's, it's not just the guns. Changing the guns isn't going to basically change anything. I went to prison and somebody got killed every day and there's no guns in prison. It's the attitude. It's the poverty. It's the no fathers in the home. It's nothing for them to do once they do get out of prison. There's nothing for them to do. They're looking for money. Like when I came home, I could get somebody would give me a pistol before I got a job or before I got money. I will be broke, but I will have a gun as soon as I got out of jail. True. And it's just it's just the the, the way that things are going. I'm fighting with Syracuse right now because there's nowhere for me to go. There's no jobs. Um, I have this thing that I call a God talent. I feel that every... Every person is born with some type of talent, like a snake has venom, a skunk has the smell. Every person has something that they have that they can earn money and and find their way in life. And the, the program that I'm in, that's what we're trying to do. I'm trying to get a school up right now where you do regular school work, you go to seven classes a day, and your last class a day will be whatever your talent is. If you're an athlete, you will have classes for sports, how to how to manage your money, how to talk on TV. You're a barber, we have barber classes, you know, et cetera. But I don't mean to talk too much, it's just really frustrating how, it's like a lot of these things I tend to, to hear in the meetings that I tend to in Syracuse at the town hall with the mayors, oh, what can we do, what can we do? The kids are telling you what they need. They're exactly. broke. I need money. My mother is smoking. I don't have a father. My sister need this. I need that. And nobody's nobody's going to get it for me. I'm going to go get it. Okay, the kid down the street told me how to do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get a gun. I'm going to sell crap. I'm going to steal from the store. So it's just, it's just, I just feel like if we got more on the page, like, and I don't mean to say that big. But like what LeBron did, if more people did that, if say we had a committee where every small city or big city had some type of place where a program where kids need to go, whether it's a bad kid, a good kid, a misunderstood, no matter what, somewhere where these kids can can learn, can, can grow, can learn about family, can learn how to cook because regardless of what people want to say, that's, that is the one thing that jail does teach the kids but at the same time it messes them up it teaches you how to be independent how to wash your clothes like none of these kids have that that i deal with i have to go to the house and pick them up nobody's kicking the bed like get your butt up iron them clothes what are you doing nobody's doing that
1: eugene let me uh let let me just say it's it sounds like how you turned your life around And what you're doing for those youth and what you're really doing to try to empower your community, I think is so fantastic. And I just want to say big up to you. And I know everybody listening is feeling the same way, that it takes men like you to really give an example you know to the to these Uh young to these young guys especially yeah and and james any words of encouragement because you fought a lot of battles trying to just get justice and also to uh you know to to help other kids stay out of out of those those problems
2: Uh,
8: and i'm sorry for dragging
2: on no no i give you a lot of credit trust me i you know it's not only my job with fighting for justice for my brother and many other people and fighting for laws and punishment you know not punishments but uh you know consequences for people that carry out these but i give you a lot of credit because i know how it is i've gone into the prisons before up in uh, westchester and i've talked to inmates i've talked to inmates that i've seen in there a couple of times i've talked to inmates that uh they know who my brother is or who we are and it they get a different sense of you know like i know what i did and i have to change my life and there's there's a lot of kids that uh that definitely need the guidance you know especially in certain circumstances in certain areas they need the guidance but, but keep it up you know you're no, doing a great job
1: he's doing amazing work eugene thank you so much th- thank you so much for the call and i didn't ask eugene if he's listening on the live stream which is on hot 97.com and also our free hot 97 app so i want to encourage you if you're just getting up now and just joining us this is our special emergency street soldiers episode on gun violence in america the gun violence epidemic and uh, you're welcome to give us a call at 1-800-223-9797 or leave me a comment on my Instagram page. You'll see the flyer for the show uh, right there. Leave us a comment. We'll read some of the comments on the air. And uh, let's get to the phones. Everyone's calling in here. All the lines are busy. Let's go to, to Jay right now. Jay, hi. You're on Hot 97 Street Soldiers. Go right ahead.
9: Good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, calling. You know, uh, I really don't believe in the father being absent, my father was absent, you know, and I, I turned out the way I turned out now because I had to make that choice. Everyone has a choice that they have to make. I decided to do for my kids what my dad didn't do for me. The The issue is illegal guns. Yesterday exactly. I was parked in front of CVS in the Bronx on 149th Street, broad daylight, two in the afternoon. Somebody got shot right behind my car.
2: Wow. It's, uh, it's a big
9: room problem. Right across the street and everything, you know, so it's the guy ran up on the guy in front of everyone, shot him and ran off. You know, this is, this is at two o'clock. This is
1: at two o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. You're in you have your kids in your car with you when this happens. Yeah.
9: My uh. kids, my kids were in my car with my wife. My wife called me. She FaceTimed Horrible. me and asked me where I was. I was inside a CVS. And by the time I came out of CVS, all the cops were around my car and everything, and it was just ridiculous, you know? You never know who's walking with what. You never know what's anybody else's attention. Nowadays, things are getting so rough out here that uh, you you got to walk and pay mind to your perimeter at all times. You know, and all, and not, also in the really da- like.
1: like the 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 daytime thing is crazy too. You know, exactly. in the locations, it's like yeah. these these random sh- shootings just happening
2: anywhere. Last week, down by the train, I forgot where in the Bronx. There was three people shooting at each other, broad daylight. Yeah, right around the train station. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You Jay, know, what do you the Bronx, think should the be done? Bronx has been I, Bronx I mean, has been
1: having I, a lot of problems. Yeah,
9: they've been having a lot of issues. You know, but again you have all these little kids that get an access to all the
1: that's the big legal guns. you're my
2: 100% bro- Jake you're 100% right my that's- brother's shooter was 17 years old
1: and the the violence most of the shootings that are going on right now in new york city more than half of them are gang mm-hmm. and crew related many of them are the shooters are under 19
2: yeah it's it's sad it's, it's all
9: a, these I mean, young kids are trying to make a name for themselves right now you know they don't have respect up you yeah, they, they don't have nobody else to look up to. They don't have, you know, I tell these kids when I talk to them, my father wasn't there, but I I get up every day and go to work. I, I'm at work at 3 in the morning every day Wow, doing what I have to do, you know. So it, it, it's a choice that you have to make. Don't sit there and use your father being absent as an excuse for you to be in the streets selling drugs, shooting robbing people because it just doesn't make any sense
1: all right jay we got to move we got to move on here but thank you so much for uh thank you so <laughs> thank much for calling. we appreciate it. stay safe hope your kids are okay and they weren't too thank traumatized by everything that happened there Take care. all right thank you Thanks, thank you, thank guys, you so take much care, man. all right thank you thank you uh let's go to um let's see jimmy's been jimmy's been uh hanging out for a long time let's go to jimmy right now jimmy how you're on hot 97 go right ahead Thank you. Good
10: morning. Good morning, James. Uh, you're doing a good thing. I lost my brother in twenty fourteen with gun violence when he swam. I'm and, so sorry. And I think that um I lost my cousins in Queens in New York and just the other day when my friend's grandmother got shot. Oh, man, that's it, somebody the came the house in Queens. Yeah, my friend's grandmother wow. got 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 that some a gang member sprayed their house like nine times and she got grazed on her shoulder because oh, these kids God. don't oh. have no respect. And we need to do something like James, you doing a good thing? And I appreciate that. But like the Eugene said, we have to attack these kids in the schools. And, and uh, exactly. in elementary school, these kids are bringing guns to school. When I was in, in junior, I'm 48. I was in high school. We had gun problems in Miami. you know, And they were locking down schools and checking lockers and stuff. So the gun violence has been around for a long time, the gun problems. Because when I was in high school, that it was a big problem. So... We have to help these kids out. These kids, what they see in the house, in the household, like you know, saying that's what they end up doing: video games. The rappers are talking about killing you, shooting, exactly. doing that. So that's the. If they don't have no parents. The street won't be the idol. The yeah. the, the NBA players is not going to be the idol. The street, some NBA players get caught with guns. So their idols are carrying guns, growing right. violence. It's part of America no, but it's
1: part of let's not, yeah. let's not just single out an NBA it's we've seen athletes
10: every professional carries guns you know everybody carries guns is a big thing as a little kid we playing fighting we put two pieces of wood to get our fingers. we act like we shooting each other we, as a little kid I remember that when I was a kid we had same you know, like three, five these six kids. seven years
11: old. So, so, J- we so Jimmy, so Jimmy,
1: I'm, I'm I'm up against the clock here, and there's North, a lot of yes. people on hold right now. Real yes. quick, what do you yes. think is the solution? What would you, What do you think? One thing that you think could make
10: a difference? Um, we all gotta get together and go have these kids. Start with the kids. We the, the older ones we lost them already, but the younger ones coming. We yeah. have to get with them. We have to get through them. The, the government got to do with their parents. Teach them. Take them to school. Because they, these kids don't have no parents at home. They don't show them not and, yeah, the and I'm on the street, and I'm doing that old, right now. I'm coaching girl. them. I'm, they respect me. Even yeah. though ones carry a gun and shooting, when I step through them, they say, yes, sir. Yes, OG. Because I step through I'm not scared of them. You know, some of them I don't step to them. When my community, I'm, I'm I'm stepping to them. Stop that. You know, go to school, get a job. You know, exactly. That's what I'm telling
1: them. All right, know? Jimmy, so keep up the great We have yes. to do it, it's, and it starts from the ground up, and it really starts with yes. each individual yeah, person. Thank you you're doing yeah. a good job,
3: Lisa. Thank you very much.
1: All right, Jimmy, thank you so much. I appreciate the call. I appreciate this. Appreciate the support. Stacks, I got time for one more call, right? Okay, I got stacks here holding us down. All right, let's go to uh, uh, Scott right now. Scott, hi, you're on Hot 97. Hey, Scott. Hey, Hi, Scott. You're are ha- you? All right. How are you doing?
11: All right. Um, I think it starts, you know, the gun control needs to start with legislation to do away with all assault rifles. Assault, no assault rifle should be in anybody's hands except for the military. It was a military weapon. It was designed by the government. There's no reason for any civilian to own an assault rifle. That's one. Number two, if you have to go to a doctor to get a prescription for pain, get cleared by the doctor to say yes he's in pain and needs a prescription why wouldn't you have to go to a doctor to get cleared to carry a weapon exactly that's a great point you should you should should have to clear a mental background check if i want to go to a doctor because my back hurts for percocet or oxycodone or something like that the doctor has to verify i'm hurt verify how much i use it and it's regulated why wouldn't a doctor regulate a gun to get in a the clear, hands to of get, a person?
1: Like you do, like people go down to police headquarters to get a background check exactly. for certain jobs, right? Get their...
11: And I'm from I'm from New Jersey, and we have the strictest gun laws in the country. You can't walk in and buy a gun without doing having the background check done on site through the New Jersey State Police. And you know or what they else? run the check, you um I. They should do away with the gun shows completely. You should not be able to walk into a gun show and just buy a gun, you know, right off the table.
1: No, these uh, are, uh, you, you know, raised ra- that. Ra- real
11: quick. Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead, Scott. You had one more thing you wanted and to the say. the
11: other thing I think they need to do is they need to increase the punishment for getting caught with a gun. I was listening to the other callers say, you know, you get out of, you get out of jail or whatever and you're on the streets and they hang you a gun. They should make the gun laws where if you get caught with a gun, the the punishment is so um, so damning that you wouldn't want to touch the gun.
1: That's a, that is really tight. All right, excellent
11: point, Scott. I, I know if I get a, if I got handed a gun on the street that I I'm told, well, if a cop you know New York City cop stops and finds it on me, I'm going to get probation. Well, I wouldn't be afraid to carry the gun. If I was told I'm going to do twenty years with it in my pocket. I'd never touch it
1: you think twice about it. Good point, Scott. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do I have a minute? Or Okay, we're going to squeeze in one more call here real quick. Um, let's go to Timothy right now. Timothy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Street Soldiers, go right ahead. Yeah, how you doing? All right, how are you? How you doing?
12: Um, a thing with the, the, the kids is a lot of kids in the city don't see anything else but the drug that was on the corner. So when a kid grow up and they go into school, Oh, I want to dress like Ray Ray outside on the corner because a lot of any City kids don't see nothing else but the drug dealer, the shooting and the killer. It comes from, they look at videos, they want the stuff that the rap business stuff with, but sometimes your parents can't afford them things. Like I had a problem with my own son when he got mad at me when he wanted true religion and stuff, but I have a household to take care of. It's not just about you. It's about the family. Right, exactly. You can't just take care of one person when you got a village. Inside the house, they got to be taken care <laughs> of. Exactly. There, right?
1: Timothy, we got a village we got to <laughs> take care of right here on Hot 97. But thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so, so much for the call. We appreciate it. We're going to take a short break here. This is Street Soldiers, our live emergency episode on gun violence in America. Special guest in studio, James Nolan. He is an illegal gun activist. Taking your phone calls at 1 800 223 9797. That's 1 eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. 223 9797. Hit me up on, on the gram at Lisa Evers. We'll be right back.
0: WQHD and w- QHD HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host Lisa Evers. This is a special 2-hour live emergency Street Soldiers episode, Push for Peace kind of a radio town hall. We're taking your telephone calls at 1-800-223-9797. We're broadcasting from the Hot 97 studios here in New York City and and uh, just want to say hello and welcome to everybody who is joining us on the live stream nationwide and worldwide on Fox 5. I mean on Hot97.com. And also the free Hot 97 app You can uh, get in on the conversation at 1-800-223-9797 Phone lines are hot And also if you want to make a comment Go right on my Instagram page At Lisa Evers And you can leave us a comment there We're under the Hot 97 program alert announcement And we'll uh, try to read some of these comments on the air Joining me in studio is James Nolan His 23-year-old brother Mike Nolan Was drafted by the MLB Major League Baseball team the Oakland A's in 2014 and 2015 he was shot and killed and James has dedicated his life to fighting the proliferation of illegal guns and also working with youth so that they have alternatives to what goes on the streets. Um, James great to have you with us.
2: Thank you for having me
1: again. And, And also joining us right now is Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. He has been with us on the Push for Peace Trail, and the efforts that we've made here with um, Street Soldiers and Hot 97 in the community, and also an outspoken critic of some of the way ways this uh, whole gun issue is being framed. Eric, thank you so so much for joining us this morning. We appreciate it.
6: Thank you, Lisa and uh, James. Um, Glad to share this program with you. My condolences go to your brother. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Eric, let me ask you this, because this is something that I've been hearing. I know you've been hearing it because you've been out at these rallies. You had the big vigil at Grand Army Plaza uh, on Monday night. The um, people are saying, well, you know what? What happens in our streets, the gun violence that that we see, like what we saw in Brownsville recently and, and what unfortunately we're seeing too often? Um, That's a different thing than this white supremacist, hate-motivated mass killing and some of these other mass shootings that we're seeing around the country. What do you say to that?
6: It's really uh, on several different levels, and even it just shows you how racism is so systemic in everything we do. If you were to have a conversation about gun violence, clearly people start talking about ak 47s and automatic rifles but that is not the crisis in america the crisis in america we have a handgun crisis and since that crisis of handguns is really in the urban centers black and brown communities you we're numb to it in fact if you try to classify a mass shooting that involves gang members you can't even get it classified because they don't look at a mass shooting that involves gang members as a mass shooting. And that's where the shootings take place in our community. It involves, for the most part, gang-related violence. And so they're basically stating that mass shootings don't exist in black communities. And the outrage, and I stated this in Albany when we pushed for the gun legislation, everyone is talking about New York State. We have some of the strongest uh, gun laws, but no, we have strong, strong assault rifle laws. We are not even engaging in a conversation about the crises in our community, particularly when you see a substantial number of shootings uh, are suicide-related. 60%, 60%
1: according to the government.
6: Exactly. And then you have a substantial number of gun crimes, Let's take the lives of young people in our community. So we need to put 90% of the energy where 90% of the problem lies. Right now, we're putting 90% of the energy of 10% of the crisis because the crisis is determined based on what is happening in the rural or suburban communities. And, And that's problematic. And what really gets my heads up, is that you have black and brown legislators who are leading these conversations about assault rifles. You can't mourn louder for others than you do for your own home districts that you represent. And that's that's truly problematic in this conversation.
1: James, what do you think about what what, uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams is saying in terms of the illegal handguns that are responsible for so much of the violence that were responsible for taking your brother's life?
2: Oh, he's absolutely right. It's a huge problem. If you look at it, The topic of the conversation only comes up, as like a trend when there's a mass shooting, but every day there's illegal guns killing a 100 people a day in this country. And you don't hear about it. Like, my brother's story was all over the country, but there's plenty of people I could start naming for funerals that I went to that were killed by illegal guns. This is a huge issue. We need to take more steps forward to get the guns out of these hands, and then whoever gets caught with illegal guns, they come down to more severe consequences. They're, these kids, because that's what they are They're kids now They're kids But once you pick up that illegal gun You know what you're doing with it You're not doing anything good You're a man So you need to actually deal with the consequences Like a man And like the race, the age law That has to, They have to get rid of that Because you have minors that is doing these shootings I mean, tried as minor Even if they kill somebody or not up until a certain age. But you know what? Next year, that age goes up till 18. So we're going to have 15-year-olds, 14-year-olds, 16-year-olds that are doing these shootings with illegal guns. And you know what? They're never going to learn the, the, the full value of their actions and their consequences.
1: All right, we'll get into the legislation in just a minute. But, Eric, what about in, in, in terms of some of the proposals? I mean, a lot of people, and I know you feel it because you're out in the community every single day you, in terms of these solutions, there, there's also a certain feeling that people have. Even though crime is way, way, the murder rate is way down in New York City, these shootings persist in, in some of our communities and there's a feeling that that it's never going to change, that it's just kind of always going to be something that's there. Do you see uh, and, any and real, it, solu- and, go ahead, I'm sorry.
6: And, and it's not, it's not, it, it, it doesn't have to be, I should say, I'm always there. Uh, first of all, we have to treat Gun, gun violence as a disease. And when you treat it as a disease, you allow the resources to come in to heal the disease. Right now, the disease is located primarily in poor black and brown communities. I don't care if it's Liberty City in Miami, if it's the south side of Chicago, if it's in Compton, Los Angeles, or if it's in Brownsville, New York. So as long as the disease is localized in areas that people really uh, believe that you know it's not a top priority. It's almost like drugs, opioids was uh, or crack was in communities of color. It was is no serious problem, but once it spills over into uh, the uh, suburban communities, all of a sudden we have a crisis, and the resources are allocated to address it. That's what we're looking at here right. in gun violence. And so the the call is is to embrace those organizations and groups that know. They are very knowledgeable on going on the ground because we got, we have to now get into the crevices of the problem. We did a great job over the last twenty-some years of pushing crime down in the Oberth fashion. Now we need to go in some of the, the crevices of these communities and have organizations that are part of the Cure Violence model. They they don't only talk about let's get the uh, guns off the street. They talk they talk about listen let's get that gun off the street but let's also give this person a job let's give the person with mental illness of uh, the assistance treatment that, that right. they need uh, yeah and exactly so let's let's give them the resources that that that, that is that are, that are needed to really steer people away from
13: the acts of violence
1: and what do you think about the uh, in the national on the national landscape they're talking about the na- a national background check would that make any difference
6: Yeah, the national background check is very important because, you know, right now uh, it is really absurd. Uh, You have to do a background check if you go buy fertilizer. Fertilizer is is a... Farm-making component, right. Right, Farm-making component. component. And so you're preventing the action from taking place. A host of things go off. And, you know, we need to look at that when we talk about people purchasing bullets. Uh, You know, while you going to the store buying a large amount of bullets, some type of bell should go off so this person should, should get a background check on all levels of dealing with a gun. Which is our laws are too lax to so allow yeah. for us to go in a We
1: had one one caller, uh, one call I think it was Scott earlier, and mm-hmm. James. You uh, agreed with him on this. Was that if, if the same way you go down to police headquarters to get a background check for a certain job to go, you know that you have to for when you go to apply, why not get a clear, you know, a check, a background check, a cl- like basically clearance,
2: exactly. so that
1: you can go that your test, you know, that your mental health, like a, something like. Like that so that you get it you have to have a clearance like that in order to purchase a gun
2: you know you're absolutely right also that the energy that's put into the illegal guns and then you know trying to get one it should be put into illegal guns and try to prevent it Uh in New York we have a program called snugs snugs is spelled backwards for guns and they mostly it's you know felons that come out of prison and they want to do the right thing get the guns off these streets and like Yonkers Yonkers has an illegal gun buyback program called gun tip hotline it started in 2011 and after my brother was killed um, they asked me to get onto the program. We literally went around everywhere possible talking about this program, promoting at my brother's scholarship events everywhere. When I got into the program, we doubled the amount of guns that were taken off the streets of Yonkers alone. That's amazing. So then I decided to take it to Albany, where I worked hand-in-hand hand with many great politicians up there, great representatives, like Andrew Stewart-Cousins, Shelley Mayer, all these great people, and finally, two and a half years later, advocating and pushing and showing statistics and telling them what we do, it's now the first uh, gun illegal gun buyback program statewide, where the number, where the first program the governor signed it into law last week.
6: That's and and so
2: important, you know,
6: Eric. What about this that? that? This is a this is a perfect example of what I was sharing with you. We created Snug back when I was in the state senate. Yes, and, that's uh, what I remember. Yes. Right. And what happened was the governor came in and cut the funding from Snug. And when they moved after one of the school shooters, they moved to uh, expeditiously push through assault rifle and and high high speed ballistic. When they pushed through that legislation, I told my colleagues, wait a minute, while we push through this legislation to deal with this a, a rural crisis let's put snug money back to deal with the crisis that's impacting our urban centers so exactly the, 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 the talk was clearly um uh, that hey we got we, we have to now move at an expeditious rate to deal with this crisis of these school shootings the columbines of america which are wrong no one should die from gun violence no. nope. but at the same time as we funded and as we moving through with 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 strong legislation on the columbine type shooting why were we cutting the SNUG dollars that dealt with those urban centers and that is what i'm talking about the SNUG was a great program it was an opportunity to to have ex-offenders, ex-game members, uh, other community groups go in and deal with gang violence and treat it in this appropriate fashion. So you can't cut areas that impact communities of color and put your energies in areas that predominantly impact the uh, suburban areas.
1: Exactly. You're right. Eric, we're out of time, but I want to thank you so much for, uh, for, for joining us. That's Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. Thank you so much for being with us.
6: Thank you. Be well. All Take right. Care, thank you. James. Take care.
1: This is uh, Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our emergency episode, two-hour live. We're go- we're taking it up to the 8 o'clock hour. And I know there's a lot of people on the phone lines, Joshua, Lee, Keisha, uh, Jay, Camille, many more people on the phone lines. And we're going to uh, go through a whole bunch of phone calls right after we come back.
0: WQHT and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. 97.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. This is our special live two hour Street Soldier emergency episode on gun violence in America. We're taking your telephone calls at 1 800 223 9797. And we are doing this show because we've gotten so many comments and calls and text messages, people asking us to address this issue. So our program director, Pio Faro gave us the green light to do the live show. We've already taken many, many phone calls. We've heard from from, uh, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. In studio with me is James Nolan. He is an illegal gun activist. His brother Uh, Mike Nolan was shot and killed in 2015, and he's been fighting to have the laws changed, has made a lot of progress in that area. And we're going to hear more about that and also going to get to your phone calls as well. But on the phone with me right now is one of the city's leading outspoken advocates of doing something about this whole gun violence issue, public advocate Jumani Williams. Jumani, great to have you with us on Street Soldiers again.
13: Peace and blessings, and thank you, Lisa, for always being on the kind of edge of these issues, so it's great to be on.
1: Well, thank you so much. As you look around and see what's happening, all of the national attention about these mass killings, these white supremacist mass killings, and then dealing still with the ongoing issue in in certain pockets and certain communities here in New York where the gun violence is still an everyday reality for people what do you think needs to be done because you put you put out a message um earlier this week that said you know what vigils are important prayers are important but what we really need is a comprehensive action plan
13: I mean, that's a fact. Uh, I'm tired of going on these videos. Uh, you know, you keep going because, you know, human beings, the more we have to raise the names of the people who we've lost. But if we really want to raise their names and honor them, you got to do something. And that hasn't happened yet. And I always say that there's a two prong approach to this. First, well, three. One, you have to realize it's a public health issue and, and treat it as such. And two, you have the supply, uh, which is where the federal government can come in the most and some of the states, which is... Dealing with the flow of guns that are in our communities. All of these illegal guns were legal at some point. And so there is a problem with our laws and particularly the access to guns, the access to as many guns as people want. There are problems with those laws. And then there's a demand. And that's where cities can come into play. And that is funding community groups and organizations who deal with stopping the spread of the violence, that deal with the underlying problems that are causing this violence to begin with. So even if there are guns on the street, our young people don't have to pick them up. Uh, There are other countries that deal and have mental health problems. There are other countries that have uh, white nationalists, usually not the president or the leader at such degree, but there are countries that have it. There are countries that have people who are living in areas uh, that are um, suppressed and, and don't have the resources they need. Um, we have to fix those. But the difference in this country is that we make a 4% of the population but have only over half of all the guns and civilians in the entire world primary issue is the access to guns in in our country and we have to deal with it.
1: So what do you what do you see as as, as actionable steps to having to limiting that access? Like what could actually be done? You've been a let your legislator
13: uh, it took way too long for us to have to uh, classify Brownsville as a mass shooting. And that was a problem because the whole country, you know, was giving and, and giving their focus to El Paso and Dayton, which right. they should. But the whole country should be giving their attention to places like Brownsville and Detroit and Cleveland as well, because they're having shootings and they're having mass shootings. So we have to lift up all of these. And two, we have to. Uh, not just talk about the assault weapons ban, which is very important to deal with the type of mass shootings that happen in Dayton and happened in El Paso, but it wouldn't stop the handgun violence that we see going on every day in these communities. For that, we have to deal with other things like the background check, like preventing people from being able to buy five, six, seven guns every single month, like being able telling people if you buy these guns and quote-unquote lose them all of the time, then that should stop you from being able to purchase more guns. We should have people who have guns buying smart guns so that other people can't use them. We should have people be who have children in their homes with a firearm force them to lock them into um, a lockbox. There are things that we can do, uh, but we have to get past this, for the, this past is, I call it a demonic obsession uh, with guns in this country. And that doesn't mean we're taking away the Second Amendment. That just means you should not have unfettered access to guns. You have uh, the First Amendment right, your freedom of speech, but you cannot yell fire in a crowded setting. That's for a reason. No. All we want to do is regulate, and, and, and we have to have people who have more courage uh, in, in in places like Congress and understand your re-election, your job is not more important than almost 40,000 people a year dying because you don't have the courage to stand up to the NRA. And the truth of the matter is it is the leadership of the NRA. The vast majority of um, Americans and even members of the NRA uh, believe that we have to do something.
1: All right, Jumani, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it.
13: Thank you so much. And we have to fund those kind of groups. That, that's critically important. I don't want to underestimate how important that is on the demand side. Like $9 million, I went to Brownsville. I'm, I'm happy the mayor did that. But we have other communities where that has to happen and continue to happen. All
1: right. Thank you so much, Jamani. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you. And this is Street Soldiers Hot 97. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Um, if you are joining us right now, we are doing an emergency two-hour live episode talking about gun violence. In America, what can be done, and also especially what's in our communities. Joining me in studio, James Nolan. He's an anti, um, he's an illegal gun activist. His brother was murdered in 2015. And, uh, what do you think about what Jumani was saying? And it's, it's the point that you've been making all morning about basically it's these illegal guns.
2: Yeah. No, he's, he's right. We gotta, we got to start drilling in Congress and Senate's uh, head that, you know, it's just not these mass shootings with AR-15s and AK-47s that are killing people. we got to start drilling into the heads that there's a bigger problem at hand that illegal guns kill people every single day. And it's sad that it's 100 people per day that are dying because of an illegal gun. Right. Especially children. that are getting their hands on it. Children that, you know, they're, they're self-inflicted or they're causing the harm to somebody else. This is, it's not a game It's anymore.
1: outrageous. It's It's, it's really insane.
2: outrageous. It's a, it's a human right issue now at this point you know like nobody should have the worry about going out just to get a cheeseburger like my brother did and not coming home at night exactly this is a problem you're not we're not making it safe anymore we need to start drilling not only theirs but you know what these people that are doing these shootings we need to guns mm-hmm. that this is unacceptable. No, we're t- not going to allow this anymore.
1: Alright, like, well let's take, some phone, let's take some phone calls and also if you want to see the show, we're broadcasting live on my Facebook page. It's Lisa Evers. It's the verified one with the blue check official and uh, you won't be able to hear the callers because of the way the audio is, is set up but I would recommend you listen on Hot 97 um, on 97.1 FM here in New York City and the Tri-State and also on the live stream on Hot 97.com and the free Hot 97 app, and you can watch uh, what's going on here behind the scenes in the studio on my Facebook page live at Lisa Evers. So let's go right now. We've got a ton of phone calls here, uh James, and let, let's get right to it. uh Let's go to Keisha. Keisha, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hi,
5: good morning. Good morning. I'm yeah, calling from Connecticut. Um, I am a victim of a student. Oh, anyway. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, almost two years ago in September, I was shot three times. Christ, my child one through the stomach. Um, oh, Keisha. Yeah, the PTSD is real. The physical pain is real. I was shot by a 50-year-old kid. So these kids are idle and they use something for good. Um, the gun was registered. So who's following these people who actually do buy body- the gun to find out what they're doing with them? But
1: well, you said my, you were shot by a 16-year-old? 50. Mm-hmm. And so how would that person how would that person get a legal gun at that
3: age? No,
5: that's what I'm saying like who's following the legal guns that are they buying and purchase legal sometimes and getting in the hands of wrong people. Exactly. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you want people to understand about this gun violence as a survivor yourself?
5: That it's this well and that it affects everyone around you, it affects you. Um I'm trying to with my family members, my siblings and younger, who are hurt by this, and their points, you know, we come from the hood where they want to retaliate. I'm, I'm trying to take something. This is not even going to make it better. You know, we need to, we need to change something. I'm not even sure what, but I just want people to know that you know, and it's not just the neighborhood ones. Like the whole, the mental health issues, the, uh, um, the the idle kids. The uh, it's just. It's crazy. There's a lot,
1: a lot going on. Well, Keisha, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, you know, she she brings up a point. It's just, it, it's it's just there's so many issues and there's so many layers to it. And I think that's what happens is that we hear we we see we go, oh, this is so complicated. And then a lot of people just get demoralized and they just don't fight. You know, it's just yeah. like and say, hey, it can't be dealt with because it's it's just too complicated.
2: Unfortunately, people start fighting when it's just too late. You know, I wish I could have started fighting this way before my brother was shot me. You know, that could have saved them. You know what, there's no stopping me now. They can say that, hey, listen, I'm not trying to protect somebody else. Right. But you know what, They people need to come together, especially the ones that have unfortunately dealt with this and been victims, you right. know, or have family that have been victims. This is the time to step up and fight. For them, you know, for all this. And to have your voice
1: heard. And to have your voice heard. And you commend, you know, we all commend you for what you're Thank doing. You. And we're going to talk about some good news that you have for us too on this topic towards the end of the show. Let's go to Joshua right now. Phone lines one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. 223 9797 Street Soldiers live on Hot 97 and live stream free, uh, worldwide on the free Hot 97 app. So shout out to everybody. I got a text message from somebody calling from, uh, listening on the live stream in Germany. So it's working wow. in Europe. That's pretty cool. Wow. All right, Joshua, um, you are on Hot ninety seven? What's your question or comment?
11: Hey Lisa, how you hey. doing?
1: All right, how are you doing?
11: I can't
3: complain. Listen, I just wanted to say first off the rip. You know my condolences and respect to anybody who's been um to the innocent victims who have been senselessly murdered. You know, Thank saying you. by gun violence. But the but that part, you know, what I'm saying I, I got to be honest here. I feel like we should be able to get our hands on guns, like you said, just like people go and get soda. I'm going to keep it 100% hip-hop here. I don't know if y'all remember that skit back in the day from Wu-Tang when the young man was, like, living in a province where everything was peaceful, but his pops kept prepping for war. If you if you want to live peaceful, you better prepare yourself for war. And this part where we're telling ourselves, oh, it's the, it's the guns. Why, why did Brooklyn President say we got to move expeditiously now? Shout to Kodak, you know what I'm saying? Who got locked up for trying to grab a pistol expeditiously. But what I'm trying to say is, like, we should be able to get our hands on guns, and it's probably we're telling ourselves that it's it's the guns, it's the guns. It's not the guns. It's the ideology. It's the ideology behind it, because this gun violence has to happen for years, and now that it, it, it's happening with, well, I hate to say it, white boys grabbing pistols and shooting 40 Mexicans. Now it's like, oh, let's move expeditiously. That's been happening in the Bronx forever. They well, shot home twenty-one no. times under the train. And, and the gun, the gun, listen, I'm going to do it with or without a gun. You know, it's not uh, the gun. It's the ideology that's being... The, it's, you're saying it's the it's it's
1: mentality has to change. Joshua, that's an excellent point. What what about that, James, that, that the whole mentality has yeah, to
2: change? It does. Uh, you know, everybody has the right to bear arms and protect themselves their families, but as long as you're responsible with it. You know, if you're a responsible gun owner, you know what... You're not the one under fire right now. The people that are under fire are the ones that are shooting innocent people. Exactly. I've been to plenty of funerals and memorials for people I've never been met before. You know, when you're going through a a funeral yourself and you're planning a funeral for someone that's killed by gun violence, it's it's insane. It's hurtful. But you know what? As long as you're responsible, that's fine. But you know what? These illegal gun shootings that are happening every day, for what reason? Like I said, a few months, uh, few months ago, there was an innocent girl walking with her little sister down the street, Maryland. A kid had a problem, 15 years old. He had a problem with somebody else. He turned around and started shooting at the crowd, hit her. She was innocent. She was walking down the street. Right. You know? Her whole life was taken for her. Another kid, 16 years old, was at a sweet 16, Sincere Williams. He was shot trying to save his friend because his friend got shot. He bent down to pick him up. And he FaceTimed his mother while he was dying. He only he did was oh go to a three sixteen and try to enjoy his life. My brother was standing next to his car. It was 23 years old, eating a cheeseburger and was killed for what reason? For somebody else's problem. These illegal shootings are happening way too often and it shouldn't be happening. And he's right, it's, it's the mentality. It's the mentality that, you know what? Someone need, oh, I need to you know, keep my name or whatever, in case we, listen, we have to stop the mentality.
1: No, this absolutely. mentality
2: is destroying this world. Like it's becoming a plague at this point. No, it is. It's a disease.
1: It is a disease, and uh, let's go to to Vin right now. Vin, hi. You're on Hot 97. Street Soldiers. Go right ahead.
14: Hey, how you doing? Good morning, and Good morning. Uh, my condolences. Hello. Yeah, go ahead, Vin. We hear you. Yeah, my my condolences to anyone that's lost any uh, any you. family members or anyone close to them uh, in reference to gun violence, but um. I believe that it is a human rights issue, but it's more importantly, a children's rights issue. Uh, what Brooklyn borough president said was he was accurate. when He said the gun violence is highly focused in low income areas. Um, these are also the areas that have the highest involvement with family law and the courts at an early age. If there's to be any change in what we're experiencing in gun violence, there has to be new legislation starting at the root in family law It's the butterfly effect. As Jermaine Williams stated, this is a it's a public health issue, a mental health issue. As a legislature, as a you know a person involved in the legislature, Jemaine needs to address.
1: Jumani, yeah, you mean jumani Okay.
14: Yeah, jumani Yeah, uh, he needs to address the uh, access to to equal parenting because uh, it, it plays a big role when you take into consideration the butterfly effect when these children grow up. The anxiety, the depression, all of these things that they, they fall victim to is not their fault. There needs to be, it's a children's rights issue. I understand that it's adults that are committing these, these, these heinous acts, but it starts, it, it festers from a very young age and develops into that. And um, these tragic shootings, we need to address family law. Just research the numbers.
1: No, definitely. All right, Vin, thank you so much for the call. We really appreciate it. And uh, Stacks, do have time for one more call? We can, okay, see if we can get one more call here And before the break. Let's go to Legacy right now. Legacy, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
15: Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, I just want to thank everybody first who called in. Um, my name is Legacy, and I am an activist, in Brooklyn but I currently live in New Jersey and the past week we've had four shootings and one of them was a teenager. In Newark you wanna... t-
1: you're talking about Newark, right?
15: Yes. Oh my on God. my block <gasps> in front of my home. <sighs> and two of them were teenagers and I just want to say it at some point in our community we must take personal responsibility for what's going on. We
10: do. All right.
15: I've seen adults um push some of these young men right because all of these were young men who were shot some of these grown adult men pushing these young men to do uh the negative things in our community and then they are the ones being hurt by it right i come from an era in the 80s that my, we didn't have privacy in our room your parent went in your room at at any point in <laughs> oh, time that they felt like it Exactly. And i feel like at this point we've given um our children and our youth so much freedom and so much privacy that these things could come in and out of your home and you not know i've seen so many mothers shocked by the simple fact of that their child even had a gun you know what i mean so i think that the point that we're in now especially in our community we need to go back to this is my home and you don't have a Privacy option when it comes to the room in which I pay rent. You know, it's, no, exactly.
1: It's- Leg- Legacy, we're, I'm up against the clock here. We need to take a short break, but I want to thank you so much for your uh, for your point. And I'm so sorry about. Uh, what happened this week in Newark. That was that was really, really horrible. But Legacy, thanks so much for uh, giving us your point of view. We're going to get to more phone calls and more comments, more with our guest, James Nolan. He's an illegal gun activist, has some good news for us. We're going to end the show with about some okay. progress that's been made on this whole issue. I'm Lisa Evers, your host at Lisa Evers, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Official Verify, Blue Check. Look for the real one, not the bootleg. We'll be right back.
0: WQHT and WQHT HD1 New York. This is Hot 97 Street Soldiers, hosted by Lisa Evers on Hot 97. 97.
1: Welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. This is a special live emergency Street Soldiers episode. We have been going live since 6 a.m. this morning, and we'll take it to the 8 o'clock hour, talking about the gun violence epidemic here in the United States, and also as the gun violence continues to play out in our communities. And the reason we're doing this is we got many calls, many messages, uh, just a lot of feedback from you, our Hot 97 listeners, and also from our people in the streets talking about the need to have this kind of conversation. I think of it as our push for peace radio town hall, where we are here basically just trying to break down some of these issues. We heard earlier from Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams. We heard from uh, New York City Public Advocate Jumani Williams. I want to welcome all of the people who are listening to Street Soldiers right now on the live stream internationally, live worldwide on the free Hot 97 app and on our website, hot97.com. And uh, we're taking your phone calls at 1-800-223-9797 with me in studio is james nolan He is an illegal gun activist his family has been personally touched by gun violence his 23 year old brother michael was shot and killed in 2015, just after he had been signed as a prospect for a major league baseball uh, career. And James, great, thank you for staying with us and uh, and holding us down throughout this whole thing, talking about what he's been doing. We'll get to the phone calls, James. We'll take sure. some phone calls Let's and go. then we'll update everybody on a All big right. accomplishment that you had uh, great. that you had this week and, and your team. One eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. Let's go to Camille. She's been hanging out for a while. Camille, hi. You're on Hot ninety seven
5: hi good morning my name is Camille shine I first want to commend all of the efforts and hard work that you all have been doing uh, about gun awareness and things of that nature thank you I really wanted to stress the importance of grant allocation and funding uh, within low-income communities that need these positive outlets for these young at-risk teams to channel more of their energy Um, growing up I had access to police athletic league different programs such as drug for success um, tutoring after school programs I feel like if a lot of the youth had this opportunity to see their selves be representative in a positive light you know outside of just basketball and major sports you know having access to technology after school programs you know having access it comes to, down to the program.
1: It, program it it, it comes exactly uh, Camille it's, and that's a, that's an excellent point what about that James
2: it's it's a big issue we got to start giving back to the programs. You got to get these kids off the street because if you allow them to just hang out on the streets, you know, no good is going to come from it. You got to keep them busy. Exactly. And and even... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Well, growing up, like, you know, we were always outside playing and we just had to stay busy, you know, especially when your mother tells you to get out of the house, you know. Exactly. But we got to start doing more. We can't just push all this legislation. We got to do different factors from different situations.
1: Exactly. And
2: uh, you know, allocation of the right amount of money and grants, it it's a big it's a big part. We need to start getting it. I know from a personal standpoint as a nonprofit organization how hard it is to come up with that money at times.
1: No, definitely. And this yeah. week, the, the the mayor announced uh, b- the Brownsville Recreation Center. There was yes. going to be pumping more money into that. And even though needed. even the police co- even the police department now realizes that to de- to deal with that violence that's affecting that, that's affecting par- uh, our communities and where a lot of the teens are involved in the gunplay, that it really comes down to programs. They need yeah. other things to do. They need adults. B- basically, they need adults around them. Okay, well, let's. Uh, we got a lot of phone calls. Let's try to get through a couple here. Um, let's go to Leroy. Right now, Lee. Hi, you're
16: on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hi, how are you? Um, right. My name is Lee Lee Camworthy. My wife's name is Shailene Camworthy. Um, my wife was killed. Um, oh, man, I, so I want to say to you, brother, I'm so sorry. about Oh you man, about. Lee, I'm hey, so, dude, sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah. sorry. My
2: condolences.
16: Yeah, um, I want to. I want to say, um, there's a website that I have. There's a bunch of evidence and everything up there. It's going on three years. The three year anniversary is coming up. The website is I was an American, all one word, dot com. So i w a s a n a n e r i c a n dot com. Um, what's your what's your uh, point,
1: that, Lee? I'm so sorry for your um, loss.
16: That's, I, I I appreciate that. What I want to say is this: basically, it starts at the top The cops and robbers, all the shows, the whole perception. We are raised upon to glorify another's life being taken. And each generation after generation, we change who the bad guy is. It's the Mexicans, and it's the Arabs, and it's the gang members, and it's the, this one. And each generation, we're glorifying the taking of another's life behind, well, they're a bad guy, they're a robber, they're this, they're that. What my family experienced with gun violence is with the cops who are spreading a part of this gun violence to a certain degree by having and carrying the gun. In many countries, they don't do that, and there is no gun violence. My children had to watch out the window as retired deputy chief of police of Jersey City in New Jersey, Robert Martin, Threatened me for forty-five minutes. Okay,
1: Lee, I can't can't get it, Lee. I can't, Lee. I can't get into, I can't get into specifics, and I don't have information on that particular case. But I want to thank you. That's okay. okay. I I I just, just, yeah. If you you want to make a quick phone call, because we just have a couple minutes left in the show, and all of our phone lines are blazing. So if you want to make one more quick point, I can let you do that. Okay.
16: Absolutely, absolutely. See, where I was going with it is, my children had to watch that aspect of the gun violence. Being threatened with a weapon, and then their mother being murdered six weeks later. Oh my God! Oh,
1: All right, that's a that's a horrible, horrible thing. All right, let's uh, get to the phone calls. Lee, I'm so sorry for for what you're going through and the the whole gun violence. His point is it's an important point about how pervasive it is. Yeah, just everywhere. Let's go to uh, Mike right now. Mike, hi. You're on Hot 97. Go right ahead.
8: Yes, hi. I'm uh, Mike from Yonkers. I currently live in Cortland Matter. I'm a strong believer. I'll make this quick. Uh, strong believer in the crucial, the uh, stricter punishments, or you know, definitely. <laughs> we need the uh, violence. No one's gonna be. No one's gonna be shooting things up. If you, uh, I'm gonna sound crazy, but if you take their life, you can't have them go to jail, and come back. Guys are committing crimes. And coming right back on the street and doing it That's again. too easy. I mean, it it's ridiculous. Easy. It's the you politicians to... and judges. They're not like he said. They're outdated. I'm sorry. I may be one of many or one of few who say this, but an eye for an eye makes everyone blind. But the blind aren't going to commit crimes. You don't see blind people commit, committing murders. It's all going to slow down. It should go back to the way it was. That's it. That's all right, all say. right,
1: Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call. All right, let's go to. Uh... Let's go. but the the point is we 're talking about we have a couple of different things discussions national discussions going on there 's crimi- there 's a vast need for criminal justice reform because there's a lot of people that were in jail and in prison that should not have been there in the first place, but on the yeah. other hand it 's like we have to make sure that we continue to protect society and there are people doing harmful things to and violent things to our community Horrible. those yeah. people there needs to be some balance a lot of times we have That's a tendency to, to kind of like Throw you know go from one extreme to another, and I think right now we have to really be uh, looking at looking at the balance here. Okay, let's go to Young right now. Young, how are you on Hot ninety seven Street Soldiers? Go right ahead.
12: Hey, how you doing? All right, how are you? I, I'm good. I just want to say you are an amazing woman, and you've been doing a great job for a very long time. She definitely has.
1: Thank you, Young. I Appreciate that.
12: We actually know each other. My my real name is Cayente Young, but anyway, let me get to my comment. Okay. I just want to say that. Gun violence, I'm sorry, is 100% due to rap music, I believe, in the black community. Um, if, I'm sorry, but every song... You,
1: you, you're saying you're sorry because you know I'm going to jump in right now and say, it's not, the music is not killing people. It's people no, but- who pull the trigger. And the person responsible yeah, for the gun violence, ultimately, is, yes, there's easy access to guns. Yes, there's illegal guns on the streets. But it's the person who pull makes that choice to pull that trigger and you never know where that bullet is gonna is gonna end up but real exactly. quick young because I just got a couple minutes
12: I agree but at the same time rap the music everyone everyone knows that if you do any research you'll learn that music naturally has a hypnotic ability upon the mind and if all of the songs that people are listening to It mentions, oh, I'm going to shoot this person. Oh, I I don't go nowhere without my gun. Or uh, anything that has to do with violence. And you hear that, and you hear that, and you hear that, and you hear that. Every time you turn on the radio or every hot song that's played, I'm sorry. That is gonna have an effect. You're saying that plays in
1: it plays an effect. All right, young, thank you for thank you for that point. And I think also too, you know, we just did a show talking about uh, hip hop, the attitude and and the guns, but it's like you have to look at the larger context as well. We have a lot of movies, we have yeah. a lot of entertainment, it's and, a lot of, and different things a, different. a lot of video games, although although some scientific studies say, you know, people play video games in other countries, it doesn't make them violent. And something about what's going on in American culture. But James, we're we're up here against the clock again with a couple of minutes left in the show, but just tell us briefly about this uh, legal achievement, this legislative achievement that you you were uh, responsible for this week.
2: Uh, Well, back in 2011, it originally started. Yonkers, Mayor Mike Spano, um, Yonkers Police, they created a program called uh, Gun Tip Hotline. Gun Tip Hotline, you call in if you have an illegal gun for $500 cash, no questions asked for a three-day background check on the gun, you get the cash. So, when I was asked to become, come onto this program back in 2016, after my brother was killed, we literally start. I we had to bring energy, more energy to it. It was doing great, but there's no reason why we can't do better. So we had to take it further. So with that, we started pushing this program, going out there, promoting it more at my my scholarship events, getting the word out there. And with that being said, I double the amount of guns taken off the streets of Yonkers. That's fantastic. With Gun Tip Hotline now. At, I got to the point that, you know what, if we're doing this in Yonkers, we can do this all over. So I took it to Albany. I took it up to Shelly Mayer. I took it up to uh, Andrea Stewart-Cousins and a lot of other great politicians. We had the city of Yonkers, the mayor, we had Yonkers police supporting us. We were pushing it. And I was going back and forth to Albany, going into meetings, advocating for it, pushing for it, and two and a half years later, Governor Cuomo signed it into law last week, making it the first illegal gun buyback program all in New York statewide. And that's a huge accomplishment. That we is have, a huge accomplishment. That that's just another tool in the arsenal to help get this on the street because you know what? Listen, there's a lot of legal guns out there. But there are people that you know what, if you can get to them and say, hey, listen, this is more than just a flyer that says, hey, cash for guns. If you actually get to the back story, and like I tell them, like this is what happens when you have gun violence and you deal with it and you lose a victim. From my standpoint, it clicks with them more. It gets to their their mind. You got to switch it up with them.
1: And, and plus, we're hearing also we're hearing also too, which I wanted to get into very very quickly, is that the, the, these community guns that we're yeah. seeing involved in a lot Huge of these shootings, issue. especially with these teens. Which is basically, it's a gun. Explain how that works.
2: Well, a community gun is like say, for instance, somebody has a gun and somebody else needs to use it for whatever horrible reason that is. You call that person, you give them a certain amount of money okay, here's the gun, go pick it up at this time. And that one, there was a gun like that in Yonkers at one point that was connected to different shootings. The main thing was to get this gun off the streets. Get it off the streets. But these are guns that, People are making money off of. They're the basically renting selling. the guns, renting. like they're saying, like I need like, to do
1: a shooting. and They rent it for a hundred dollars. Yeah, because $100. people would be like, a lot of people are going like, where gun. does a thirteen-year-old get the get hundreds exactly. and hundreds of dollars to buy the gun? Exactly. They don't have to buy it; they rent it. You're saying
2: it's just too accessible.
1: Okay, so so if people have if, if people want to anonymously, can they anonymously? Or if they want to find out oh, about yes. turning in a gun, is there a number they can call?
2: Or You can just go on uh, to Facebook, or you can call Yonkers Police and ask for uh, gu- Yonkers Gun Tip Hotline, and they'll give you the information. You answer a few questions. The, the officer will come out, meet you, and then all of a sudden, you know, after it's checked out, we never had problems. You get a, a digit uh, for the Chase Bank, you receive the money. All right. And it's all forfeiture money. It's not taxpayer money. It's forfeiture money that the government has from confiscation of money from criminals. So it's how much
1: a, do people get, like, if they if they turn in an illegal gun? How much do they get?
2: $500 cash.
1: And there's no, no one's been prosecuted not for... one person. So you have immunity from... Not
2: immunity, but... You're not going to be
1: charged with owning it. They're, they're not going to give you $500 yeah, and say, by the way... it's
2: proven facts that you... Committed crime committed a crime. All right. But if you'd say you just find this gun laying in the street, you could turn it in for $500 cash. It's just like the guns in the attics that, you know, people keep there for years and forget about. Right. Yeah, we want those guns also, but, you know. What? Or the
1: one that's in the sneaker box in the closet. Exactly. James, we are out of time, but I want to thank you so much for being oh, with us this morning. Uh, James Nolan, he's all across Facebook. You can look look him up. The Michael Nolan Scholarship Fund and all the, all the work you're doing in the communities. And, and really supporting the families. Definitely. Other families like yours that have lost loved ones to gun violence. Thank you so much for being no with problem. us. And I got thank to say so, uh, a couple of shout outs here. We put this together very, very quickly. I want to thank my program director, Peter. Pharaoh for giving us the green light saying yes we have to address this we have to open up these phone lines the phone lines are still blazing and uh, I want to thank Patricia Robinson our Hot 97 Director of Operations and Community Outreach I want to thank my production assistant Anaya Johnson for helping us get this all together and uh, getting the phone calls and everything I want to thank Stax for holding me down here with the phone calls and all the technical things here on the boards and also DJ Mike Medium for uh, guiding us through this, this process here And I want to thank all of you for listening, everybody who called in. We had dozens of calls. I want to thank uh, Jimmy, Eugene, Scott, Jay, Timothy, Camille, Lee, Mike, everyone else who was calling in. And I'm sorry to the people that could not get in on the phone lines because they were so jammed. But we thank you very, very much. Let Hot 97 know. Go on the Hot 97 social media if you want more live Street Soldiers episodes like this. We'll take it to you live and direct. But thank you everybody for joining me on uh, Hot 97, our Street Soldiers emergency episode. And all I can say is remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. Let's push for peace.